0: So let's go back to the proclamation. We are focusing on that second paragraph, just that one sentence, where prophets, seers, and revelators declared, success in family life is most likely to be achieved when it's built on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then he says, successful marriages and families are established and maintained on nine principles. So we've done these two, faith and prayer. We did repentance and forgiveness. We're now doing this triplet, and then we'll end with work and play. But this triplet, respect, love, and compassion, I would suggest to you is the definition of charity. When we pray for charity, when we have charity, and ask Heavenly Father for charity, There is an element of respect and compassion that goes with love. So last week we talked about respect. You've had a week to think about. Tell me your thoughts. Family life is most likely, or successful marriages and families are built on respect. How have you come to believe that this week? can you love someone and lack respect for them that's sad isn't it It, love is not alone in the train love without what does love without respect look like you're smiling sorry for you respect is i see who you are i stand in awe who you are and those of you who are not married i would put that up there as a requirement for my eternal companion i would never marry someone who did not respect me and whom i did not respect so let's talk love now we did love when we were doing key family central i wanted to talk about the difference between being in love the emotion and love Love is not an emotion. Now, do I feel when I love? Absolutely. Does Heavenly Father have feelings for us? Of course, He does. But what's the problem if love is an emotion? There is no emotion that remains constant forever. If love is an emotion, it's going to fade. And because people see love as an emotion, when it fades, what do they often conclude? Well, I'm, I don't want I no longer love you. So, what is love? What is true love?
1: What is godlike love? Um, I think of like the first quote unquote love is kind of like a conditional type of love in a way, whereas the godlike kind of love is unconditional love because, like. If it's, like, the conditional love, then if, like, for some reason something changes and things that, like, it's not the way you like it to be and you fall out of love with it, then it's probably a conditional love. Whereas if it was unconditional love, if something in the relationship changes for whatever reason, but you still go through with it, you still so keep that. Love. I want to play on that. Why do you still
0: go through with it? Why do you still go through with it, even when you're mad at the person? When my emotion has shifted from good feelings to bad
2: feelings,
0: (laughs) and I still go through with it, what is that? What is the still going through with it? What then is love, Abby? Is it
2: like um, hope, or like I don't know? It's hard, isn't it? Yeah, it's difficult
0: to come up with the expression. What is love? And so the very best I can come up with is love is a choice. Love is the willful determination to be committed to you. I choose to be in this relationship regardless of how my emotions are. Now, thank goodness Heavenly Father loves me because if he didn't love me, what would happen? Every time I made him angry or I disappointed him, he'd be out of here. But why isn't he out of here? I am committed, I am in it, I'm all in. And that's love, love is a choice. I choose to be 100% in. It's not an emotion, it's a choice. Now, do I feel? Of course I do, but it's a willful determination to stay committed to the relationship.
1: And I'll even throw this up there too sometimes, you, sometimes I could even, in certain situations, be a bad thing in a way. Sometimes I've make the choice that because you love the person, you're going to have to... Love requires boundaries, right? If I love someone, I am going to set
0: boundaries. We speak of God's love as unconditional, but we need to clarify that because does God have boundaries? Does he have conditions on his blessings? He doesn't stop choosing to be committed to me, but are there, are there conditions? So if, if someone I love is hurtful to me, can I set up boundaries? Can I say, here's how far, here's how this relationship's going to work, and yet still be committed to them? And so you're right. It's, it doesn't mean you have full access to me. It just means I'm committed to this relationship. Sarah? So
2: I was just going to say, I, I want to really see how those three go together, because um, like, like you said, God will always love us no matter what, but there are conditions on his blessings, and that's beautiful. So if we're talking with a family member, right, oh, I just want to, like, see how all those three go Like, If they put those three together for the best possible outcome. Yeah. Time, right?
0: And, we, and we'll, we'll talk briefly when we get to the end. What do the other two look like without this one? What does love and compassion look like without respect? What does love and respect look like without compassion what does respect and compassion look like without love so let's just take a minute and talk about love now defining it was not my goal tonight what my goal tonight is is to set the bar of where i need to go with the commandment to love so Turn with me to Moroni chapter 7, the definition of charity. Moroni chapter 7, verse 47. Tell me how Mormon defines charity to his son Moroni. Moroni chapter 7 is all about faith, hope, and charity. And when he gets into charity, he gives us this definition of charity.
1: So what's his definition of charity? Charity is the pure love
0: of Christ. Now let's talk about that word, of Christ. So, I can say Christ and me. Tell me three possible explanations of the word of. Pure love of Christ. One might be you love Christ. for Christ. The pure love for Christ. Or, what's another one? But Tell me about the word for. Pure love of Christ means from Christ. Or, pure love of Christ Christ is like Christ. So over here is someone else. And this is for Christ, from Christ, and like Christ. Now, tell me which one of those is the purest form of love. So which one becomes the standard of what charity is? So how about we set the others aside and we focus on this is the standard. Now, I know maybe this is horrible to do, but let's just use some numbers. Allow me to use some numbers. This then is 100. That's the standard. Christ's love for me is 100. Now, if I accept that, and I'm putting love in the family, then all of a sudden, what is expected of me here? Now, this is where it gets difficult. I want to put over here someone I love. Oops, I still have. Over here. Someone I love. This is my wife. Loving her is easy. I want to love her more and more and more. And so if you were to say, Bryce, you need to work on something. Work on loving her more. Okay, I will. I promise. But that's not... That's not the calisthenic that's going to strengthen my muscles as much as others. Over here, can I just say, eight? and if you're mortal, you have to admit you have people over here. Part of being in this telestial world is you've got people over here. You've got people over there, and you've got people over here. Now, this number is probably one of the highest numbers in your life. My love for my wife is the highest number in all my life. So Jesus comes into my life and says, Bryce, you need to get better at love. Which one is going to stretch my muscles and help me grow the most? It's this one. (laughs) <laughs> now here's the thing here's where the dang it's going to get worse right? here's the dang it i'm going to put this number here ready what's this number 100. say it again
2: 100.
0: what's this number
2: 100
0: 100
2: it's about 25% right now. Now, <laughs> this, that's pretty wrong.
0: this is probably close to zero. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you see a discrepancy in my life? The discrepancy in my life is I have a tendency to say I'm a very loving person. <laughs> I am. I'm a very loving person. And what am I looking at? The
2: family.
0: I'm looking at the people that are easiest for me to love. <laughs> and that's great. Now, I really do need to push this number up. But the command to love is not selective. The command to love is that I increase all the numbers, including which one? This is the number that I need to improve if I wanna love my wife more. Let me say that again. I will be a better husband and a better father if I improve which number? Now, there's no question if I improve this number, I'll be a better husband and father. But where am I going to really strengthen my muscles and increase my capacity for love? is if I work on this one. That's where my capacity grows. Now, allow me to use an analogy. We often speak of happiness and pain. Joy and pain. I'm gonna suggest to you that your joy above the line cannot go further from the line than your pain goes from the line. If this is pain and this is joy, this line can only be as long as what? This one. Here's my scriptural evidence for that. Turn with me to first Second Nephi chapter 2 to Lehi's description of the Garden of Eden. Second Nephi chapter 2, Lehi is going to use a very interesting word. Speaking of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Verse 23, they would have had no children. Wherefore, they would have remained in the state of innocence, having no joy, for they knew no misery. Why can't they have joy? Why can't the line above be belong? Because there's no line below one of the reasons we endure endure pain in this life is the more pain we suffer, the more our capacity for joy increases. Now, I know you know that. You just haven't allowed yourself to admit it. But the more your pain grows, the more your capacity for joy increases. Are we good here? Do you believe this? Is this kind of familiar territory? So may I suggest my ability to improve this one, the people I love, my capacity to love is increased most when I improve which number. Do you see the doctrine? My capacity to love my family increases when I focus on the people I don't love. Therefore, changing that number will automatically change the number at home. I'm going to let that doctrine distill upon you for a second. The more I focus on the hard relationships, the people I don't love, and improve that love, the more my love for the people I do love will increase. So here's another way of thinking My love for this person that I hate is currently at zero. His love for that same person is at 100. If my goal is to become like him, if my goal ultimately is to become like Christ, what must this number be someday? 100. Allow me to testify that love in the home increases when we focus on loving those who are difficult to love. When I begin to love them like Christ loves them, the love, the love I feel for the people I, that are easy to love will naturally increase. So focus on loving your family. But if you want to love your family more, focus on the people you have a hard time loving. And watch what it does in your family as your capacity for love increases. That's my thought on love.
1: Any comments? I think it's kind of related to of like developing empathy well, and okay, that's where we're going you see how it naturally flows into that
0: because compassion and love are connected and one of the reasons i will improve my love for this person is when i feel what they are going through you see the connection it's exactly where we're going so love without compassion is empty it's fake and
1: it's, it's got to have that element of compassion, right? Empathy. Keep going. I didn't mean to catch up. Okay, just basically, where I always kind of talked about empathy with. So I had theater and stuff, and my theater teacher always talked about developing empathy for like being able to perform characters and things. And ever since then, I kind of thought about it. I'm like, yeah, I don't know why people use the word sympathy so much. Cause the way I like, think about sympathy is like, Acting like you care about something someone went through, like you can, wait not really know what they're going through, You're not having that connection, See where we're going. exactly where we're. And going. You actually care. You're actually trying to make that connection there. Yep. And I think it even goes with the joy and the sadness side of things. So. The more pain you the more, the more pain, pain, pain I, feel, I feel. The more my capacity for
0: compassion and love are going to increase. You begin to see the connection. Now do you see why they're a connected tribe. Mm-hmm. Sarah, what were we going to add?
2: Um, I just assume that everyone in this room is thinking about someone they don't like and uh-huh. how they can do better. And for personal experience, I like the number because it's like, okay, I'm going to get to like five, but, but the savior is going to take up 95. Yeah and then like okay after practicing that like praying for those that despitefully use you loving those who persecute you in the new testament okay so now i'm at like 25 but it's okay because the savior has the other 75. so it's like going it on on your own learning to love somebody you pay I, I feel like it's near impossible <laughs> without
0: the savior it is possible because how could i possibly love them without the help of someone yeah you, who yeah all, how could my number ever increase yeah until I enlist the help of someone who's already so hit that point, He's up not saying,
2: just love them,
0: you're on your own. Yeah. He's like, I'll, I'll teach you how to Let work. me help yeah. you love them. Yeah. Which is why I love when we defined, you know, in the Book of Mormon, when we went to Moroni to define what charity is, we've got to get to that last verse. Verse 48, he says what? Pray unto the Father with all the energy of your heart, that you may be filled with this love. Where does love come from? He gives it to you. Your ability to love comes from someone who already does. And sometimes I rely on that. Heavenly Father, I know your number for this person is 100 and I don't understand why, (laughs) because they are not worthy of it. Help me see the 100. That love in the family. Love in the family. The muscle. What was the aha? Something else. Okay.
2: Sorry. Something. Sorry. Personal.
0: Okay. Sorry. Good. I just thought it maybe aha moment. No, we're good. Okay, good. Okay, let's move on to compassion. Should we move on to compassion? You begin to see how they're intertwined. Respect and love and compassion are going to be intertwined. Now, here's The only way, after all the years I've been a teacher, the only way I can teach compassion is to show you compassion. Not me. I'm gonna show you perfect compassion. I'm gonna show you the goal. I'm gonna show you what compassion in its purest form looks like so that you can then say, okay, how do I do that? How do I do that? So we need to turn to the Book of Mormon. I wish there were a Bible verse, i don't i feel for the people who reject the book of mormon because they don't get this doctrine it is not taught anywhere but the book of mormon first meet or alma chapter seven book of mormon alma chapter seven starting verse 11. Now, I'm going to skip ahead, but I'm going to come back to the first word. He shall go forth suffering pains and afflictions and temptations of every kind. Now, let's define those three words. When it comes to Christ and his suffering, what does of every kind mean? Infinite. Every aspect of the atonement was infinite, it's length. See, this one I don't understand. How is he happy today? How did he, How is he not in agony when he appeared to Joseph Smith? Because how, how, how long does an infinite agony last? That I don't understand. But ha- every aspect of his suffering is infinite. So I want to talk about two aspects of infinite. Breath and depth. Let's go back to every single one of these words. Jesus took pain to infinity. Let's start with infinite breadth. How many different pains does he know? Let me just simply take Abby's foot. She has a broken foot. How many possible ways can you break your foot? <laughs> There's almost an infinite number of ways you can break your foot, right? How many of those breaks is Jesus familiar with? How many ways has Jesus broken his foot? Every single one of them. Every single possible way. How many foot fractures has he had? An infinite number of foot fractures. Now, Abby's foot will probably be in a cast cast for... A, a couple months, maybe six months. How long was due debt? How long did Jesus experience each one of those? A moment? or an infinite time period? How many pains did he experience? And how long did he experience each pain? Does he know what she's going through? Because he's been through the exact same, and she'll know it for a few months. He knew it for an infinite amount of time. Every pain. Does Jesus know childbirth? How many pains are associated with childbirth? How many ways can it go wrong? And how many childbirth experiences has he had? And how well does he know each one of them? Has Jesus been raped? Has he gone, for in, has he gone through infertility? Does he know what it's like to have an abortion? Every pain. Every human pain in their infinite variety... And how well does he know each one of them? Infinite in depth. Now let's do affliction. Name something that afflicts someone you love. Depression. How many varieties of depression are there? And how many of those varieties does Jesus know? How many varieties of depression has Jesus experienced? And how depressed has he been? No mortal being has ever been as depressed as he has because he t- took depression to what level? Infinite, Infinite in variety, infinite in length. Does Jesus understand depression? Okay, name something that afflicts someone you love. Let's do addiction. To how many substances has Jesus been addicted? To how many degrees? How many degrees of addiction are there? And how many of them has he experienced? And for how long? Does he know addiction? Anxiety? Anxiety? Does he know anxieties? The next word is temptation. How tempted has Jesus been? How many varieties of temptation? And how depth he went through? Sickness? Mental and emotional and physical? Does Jesus know schizophrenia? Does he know mental retardation? How long has Jesus lived with mental retardation? And eternity. I have a neighbor who's 16 years old. Her body does not function, but her mind is just as alert as anyone else's. That's got to be so frustrating. She is trapped in a body that doesn't work. And her mind is just as sharp as anyone else's. Now, how long has Jesus been trapped in that same body? And eternity. You name it. He shall take upon himself death. How many varieties of death did he take upon? How many ways has he died? Just crucifixion or all of them? Has he died in childbirth? Did he suffocate? Was he burned? Did he die of cancer? Does he know COVID? Every way a human being could possibly die, he's experienced. And how slow and prolonged was his death each time? Over in a minute or an eternal experience? I don't know what infirmities is, but you get the idea, right? Jesus knows the entire human experience. Does he know what it's like to be gay? Every variety. How long has Jesus been gay? An eternity. Every human experience for an infinite breadth and an infinite depth. Now tell me what knowing that Does to him that his bowels may be filled with mercy according to the flesh, not mentally, not hypothetically. He can't say, I feel for you, when he really has no idea what they're going through. His bowels are filled with mercy according to the actual experience that he may know how to succor his people according to their infirmities That's compassion. That is compassion in its perfect form. So no matter what I'm suffering, who knows exactly how to comfort me, how to help me, how to judge me, he does and none of you do. He is the ultimate source of compassion. So what then does it mean for me to have compassion? To the degree that I possibly can, I have to feel what they're feeling. Not what I'm feeling about what they're feeling. And that becomes, that gets really, really hard. Let me give you an example. My 15-year-old daughter, she's 19, but bear with me. My 15-year-old daughter comes home from school and says she's so sad because the boy she likes doesn't like her. And my dad' heart is saying, yes. <laughs> yes. But she's feeling one emotion. So what emotion do I need to feel in this moment? not mine, hers. I need to temporarily be a 15-year-old girl who just found out the boy she likes doesn't like her. And only then so I know how to treat this daughter at this moment in her life. Because if I stay in my emotions, how's that gonna come across to my daughter? What's going to happen to this relationship? If I stay in my emotions in that moment, she will. She'll She'll stop coming to me. I cannot help her until I feel what she's feeling. That's compassion. Compassion is to step out of what I'm feeling and step into what they're feeling. Abby. I don't want anyone that I love to feel the
2: bad things I feel. And that's
0: your love for them. But you will connect better with them when they understand, don't you? Are there people in your life that understand your pain better than other people in your life? Now, who do you connect well with when you're in pain? So even though I don't want them to feel this, in order for me to fully connect and get the help I need, especially from a parent or a spouse, they need to do what they can to feel what I feel. And I know that's the tough thing is I don't want you to feel what I am feeling, but you need to feel what I feel. Have you ever been disciplined by someone who's not in your emotion? What happens? What happens when someone disciplines you who's not sharing my same emotion? The disconnect in my head is you wouldn't be doing this if you were feeling what I was feeling. So I get angry at the reaction. I can't be that dad. I can't be the one that stays in my emotion. I have to be the dad that steps out and says, let me feel what she's feeling. I have a gay son. And the only way I can stay connected to him is to step out of my emotions and step into his. Live a moment in his world. Otherwise, what happens to our relationship? Tell me what happens to father and son if I stay in my institute teaching dad emotions. You're all laughing because what happens to our connection? Now, successful families are built on the fact that I have stepped into his emotions. Now, I am not attracted to the same gender. So how can I do that? How can I step into his emotions? I only see two ways. What are the two ways?
1: Well, I had a seminar teacher explain it to me that I imagine the roles were reversed and it was sinful to be attracted to women as a man. And imagine what it would be like for you who's heterosexual to have that.
0: Okay, you convinced me. I've got three ways. I can imagine I can imagine his pain. I can do what I can to compare it to a pain in my life that's similar. And I can imagine. But I would put that third on my list of three. Imagining what he's going through is helpful. What are the other ways to have compassion? Sarah?
2: I don't think this is what you're looking for, but I just think of the baptismal covenant, those that mourn in comfort than those that standing in comfort. Like she was saying, I don't want people that I love to feel. It's not like taking on every single thing. You're just saying I'm willing to sit with you while you are sad. I'm here with you. I won't leave you while you're
0: feeling this. And I, I love that. I will be with you, but I'm not compassionate unless I'm committed. I will sit with you. And I think that's an act of love. I will sit right here while you're in pain. But I'm only compassionate if I carry that burden. So how do I feel compassion for someone who's going through something I've never been through? Let me give you my other two. I ask them and then I listen. I say to my son, tell me what you're going through. No judgment, no critique. Just listen to what he's going through and let him describe it. If I've created a safe environment, what will my son do? He'll tell me. He wants me to know, doesn't he? He will tell me the pain he's in. But what will shut him up that fast? If I don't respect what he's going through. And I'm not committed. So, my love for him, my respect for him, will create a compassion for him. Because I will say, tell me what you're going through. And then I stop talking and I start listening. Compassion requires listening more than talking. Now my other one is who knows exactly what my son is feeling and could give it to me. What if we read, what if we went back to Merle and I said? and knowing that these words are interchangeable, what if I read, what if I read that verse 48 a little bit differently this time? Knowing that I think these words are interchangeable, do you believe that I could change the wording of this verse to say, wherefore my brethren, Pray unto the Father with all the energy of your heart that you may be filled with this compassion. Is that something God would be willing to give me? An endowment of compassion. Heavenly Father, please help me feel what my son is going through. In this life. If I truly prayed with all the energy of my heart. And lived like Jesus. Is that a legitimate thing that God would endow me with? Now what happens to my relationship with my son? But he helps me feel that. If love comes from God. Can we trust that compassion comes from God? We've already seen that respect is to understand the value God places on a human being. So if I'm going to be loving and respectful and compassionate, it's only if he helps me. But I would suggest that that's one of the most important prayers I have to utter, is help me understand what he's feeling so I can step out of my emotions And step into his or hers. And only then will we connect in a way that does what to family. Do you see the triangle? Now, tell me what it looks like when I'm missing one of these. Tell me what it looks like when I respect and love, but I don't have compassion. Let's take my son. I have a gay son. I love him. I'm committed to him. I'm not kicking him out of the house. I see that he's a valuable human being, but I don't understand what he's feeling. Tell me what happens in our relationship if I lack compassion. Love and respect without compassion. He feels distant from me. He will stop doing what... Tell me what he's going to stop doing confiding in me he knows i love him he doesn't feel threatened to be kicked out of the house i respect him but what have we lost a connection because what's he going to not do i'm not going to tell you how i'm feeling because you don't comprehend what i'm feeling you don't understand why i do what i do and so i'm going to stop confiding so, to have respect and love without compassion is gonna have one effect on family. We're just gonna live in silence. I'm committed to you, and I see that I'll treat you kindly, but I don't understand you. And tell me how a child is gonna feel if his family doesn't understand you. I believe. That's why my brother ended his life. He felt loved and respected, but didn't feel compassion. I think he said to himself, my family doesn't know what I'm going through. I don't have anyone to talk to and confide him. So love and respect without compassion is hollow. Okay, how about love and compassion without respect? Ponder that. What does it look like? Love and compassion. I feel I've been through that, and I'm committed to you. I just don't see value in you. You're not worth my time to help. Now, what happens? Neglect. Neglect. Okay. I am not committed to the time it takes. I understand. But I'm not committed to the time it takes. How about compassion and respect without commitment, or love? All of these seem like a distance. And so... so
2: Arm's length from someone.
0: But the reason for the distance kind of changes, doesn't it? Yeah. And I know I'm hitting you cold. I know you probably had five minutes to think about that. So I'm going to give you a week to ponder what happens in a family, in a marriage, if there's one or two without the others. And you can begin to see that compassion is an essential element. When my children feel that I know, I feel what they're going through, what does that bring to our family relationship? What dynamic does that open up? Sharing and communication and heartfelt, I need to help, I need to unload this pain and you're the only one that can carry it. What does love look like? I'm not worried about my dad giving up on me. What does respect look like?
2: I can make a different choice and he'll still love me.
0: I can change. I can do something else, and he will still. So ponder those three elements and how they're connected to each other. Love, compassion, and respect. With all my, I tell you, I have searched, I, can, charity was, I just couldn't put my hands around charity for most of my life until the first presidency came out, until the brethren came out with the proclamation and they put those three words together. And as I spent the next year studying those three words, that's when I realized that's what charity Charity is a combination of respect, love, and compassion. But each are a little different, and yet each are very related to each other. So, would you ponder this week, those three elements working together and what happens when one is absent? You can love someone you don't respect. So what happens if you love someone you don't respect? You can love and have respect for someone. You lack compassion. So what does that relationship look like if you feel loved and respected, but you don't have compassion? Just see if you can see the triangle working. Now, one of the ways you can do it is you put God in the triangle. How does God show his respect, his love, and his compassion? But I leave you with my testimony of the brilliance of that trilogy. I love the trilogies in the church. We have Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We have faith, hope, and charity. And now we have respect, love, and compassion. I have spent almost 30 years since this document came out, Pondering, Faith, Prayer. Forgiveness, repentance, respect, love, compassion, work, and play. And I am so grateful for their brilliance to putting them in this document. May we strengthen those muscles. May we increase our capacity for love, compassion, and respect. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.